0: To the thief, a sermon series about our enemy and the ways he attacks us. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. We are wrapping up uh, our series that we've been in for several weeks now, called "The Thief." The thief, and we've been talking about the devil. Now, I heard about this little six-year-old boy uh, who was just very disruptive in class, and it didn't matter what the teacher did; the teacher couldn't do anything to control this little boy and so one day man she was just so frustrated she was so frustrated she grabbed that little boy by the arm and she tried to shake the fear of god into him you know and she said boy i think the devil's got a hold of you and that little boy looked at his arm then he looked at his teacher and he said i do too let me go uh but anyway i want you to know We've been talking about the devil during this series. We had not been talking about it to glorify him or anything like that. We've really been talking about the devil so that we can learn his tactics, okay? Uh, So that we'll be able to stand when he does attack us. Because the truth is, he's going to attack. It's not, could he attack or might he attack? He is going to attack. He may be attacking some of you in this room Right now, he likes to attack our families. He likes to attack our finances. He likes to attack our health. He likes to attack our mind. First Peter chapter five verse eight says this: "Be sober." Some translations say, "Be serious." Peter's saying, "This for real." Be serious. Then he says, "Be on the alert." I'm trying to warn you. Why? Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone, anyone that he can devour. Folks, the devil is real, even though the majority of Americans don't believe so. In fact, 62% of Americans believe that the devil is not real. He's just some sort of symbol instead of a real being. But I want you to know that the devil is real. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Again, the devil is real, and he's coming after us. Jesus, when speaking about the enemy, says this in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says that the thief comes only to to steal, to kill, and destroy. And so in this series, what we've said is that the enemy, he is a deceiver. He likes to deceive you. We've also said that the enemy is the accuser. He likes to accuse us. Last week, we said, you know what? He is a thief. He's a a thief, and today, I want you to know that he is all of those things. He's all of those things, but he's also the destroyer. He is the destroyer. Now, when you hear that word destroy, I don't know what pops into your mind, but for some reason, when I was putting together my thoughts for this message. I couldn't help but think about those pictures that you see sometimes on the internet of dogs that have destroyed uh, things, right? Uh, Like this picture right here. We got this picture right here. Man, that dog has destroyed that house, right? The wallpapers messed up. The Sheetrock is messed up. We look at that and, and we'd be mad, right? This dog has destroyed that, and so to make it look a little cuter, to make it look a little better, somebody made a meme out of it, and they said, "This, I I thought you were gone forever." Where's the? Bo- I can't read the bottom. It says something like, "So I kind of freaked out a little bit, right?" I think that's what it says. But anyway, again, again, you know, that 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 I want you to understand that, it, that these dogs they sometimes do destroy things. I have. Three German shepherds, three German shepherds, and I'm not making this up. It's a true story. I go into my house not too long ago, and I sat down on the couch, and I was going to watch TV, and the remote was on the ground. I said, hey, that's not a big deal. I'll just bend down, pick it up, bend down, pick it up, point it at the television, turn it on. It's not working. I was like, well, what in the world? So you know how you hit the the remote thinking that that's going to help it? Well, this didn't help it. So I'm like, man, what is wrong with this thing? Are the batteries dead or something like that? And so I actually look at the remote. I look at the remote, when I do, I see that it's been chewed all up. And so I look at Zeus, I look at one of my German shepherds who's on the ground looking at me, and I said, did you do this? And he kind of cowers a little bit, and I said, did you do this? And again, I'm not making this up, but Lawson was on the floor with him, and you know what Zeus did? He tried to blame Lawson. <laughs> now, I know Lawson chews stuff up, but I was going, no, he didn't do that. But again, again, I want you to understand that we, we, we do we we have an enemy. We have an enemy. His name is Satan, and he wants to destroy us. And it's not cute, it's not funny. Again, he wants to destroy us. He wants to keep us from being who it is that God wants us to be. He wants to keep us from getting where God wants us to get. He wants to keep you from getting all the promises that God has for you. He is the destroyer. And so we're going to look at a very interesting story this morning. If you got your Bible, we're going to be in Judges chapter 1. Judges chapter 1, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Judges chapter 1. Uh, If you don't have your Bible, the words will be on the screen. There they are for you. But here's what the Bible says. It's an interesting story. Judges chapter 1, starting in verse 1. The Bible says this, After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, Who of us is to go up first to fight against the Canaanites. Now let me stop, because you need to understand a little bit of, of the background here to this passage. If you don't know, at one time the Israelites, they were, they were in slavery in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt, and they were used, and they were abused, and so God saw them in their pain. God saw them. He saw them suffering, and so he sent a guy by the name of Moses to free them from Egyptian Bondage He sent Moses to lead them into the promised Land so Moses goes and Moses literally leads them through the Red Sea God parts the Red Sea the Israelites cross they get out of Egypt they cross all the Egyptian army they are they are crushed they are killed by the water once these walls of water come come down and so they're getting ready to go into the promised Land but they send out these spies twelve spies. And 10 of those 12 spies convince the entire nation of Israel not to go into the promised land. Stay right where we are, man. Let's, Let's just be content right here. Only two people, two of those spies said, no, we need to go up. We need to fight. This is our land. God said it was ours. Let's go into it. And so what happens is the entire nation of Israel, they just wander around for 40 years in the wilderness, just living life in a circle living life in a circle, and what happens is, is that Moses dies, and, and Joshua becomes the new leader. Well, Joshua eventually dies too, and so the people are wondering, who in the world is going to lead us now? we we got to have a leader, and they did. They, they really did need a leader. Why did they need a leader? The reason why is because they were getting ready to go to battle, which is exactly why you and I need a leader today, which is exactly why you and I need Jesus Christ, why we need God, because our enemy is waging, is raging war against us, he, he is going to attack us, we've said this over and over and over again in the series, but we are in a battle, and so at the end of verse 1, this is good man, he says, who of us is going to go up first, who is going to go up first against the Canaanites, then verse 2 says, the Lord answered, Judah, Shall go up. I have given the land into their hands. So, this passage, in this passage, again, the the Israelites are getting ready to go to battle uh, against the Canaanites and they're they're heading into war and they're going, man, who in the world is going to go first? Who in the world is going to go first? Who's going to be our leader? And God says, send Judah. God says, send Judah. Now, who in the world is Judah? Judah was the fourth born son of Judah. Jacob. And so Judah was actually the tribe that was named after this fourthborn son. But the truth of the matter is there's way more to this than just that. If you were to actually look up the word Judah, the name Judah in Hebrew, do you know what the, the name Judah means in Hebrew? No, Robert, tell us. It actually means praise. Everybody say praise. It means praise. Praise. And so don't miss this. What's the first thing God said that the Israelites need to send before they go into battle? And he said, you need to send some praise, not just a little praise, not a lot of praise. You send the entire tribe of Judah. You send great Praise, all the praise you got. And what this shows me today is that when you and I are in a battle, we need to say, praise God. We need to lift God's name high. We need to praise the Lord. You say, but Robert, things don't look good. My outlook doesn't look good. Well, man, if your outlook doesn't look good, you need to try the up look, and you need to look to Jesus and give him praise. You praise him In the battle, you praise him in the storms of life. Think about Job. When Job had lost his entire family, when Job had lost his entire livelihood, when Job had lost everything he had, in Job chapter 1, verse 21, he says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but praise be the name of the Lord. What do we need to do? We need to praise the name of the Lord. We need to praise God. See, Robert, I don't have anything to be praising God about I can't even pay my bills well praise God you're not one of your creditors you know what I'm saying because I ain't getting nothing amen there's always something to praise God about we praise God when the sun is shining we praise God when it's raining so watch this God says send praise send praise and so look at verse 3 they send Judah verse 3 of Judges chapter 1 says the men of Judah then went to the Simeonites their fellow Israelites said come up with us into the territory allotted to us to fight against the Canaanites. We, in turn, will go with you into yours. So the Simeonites went with him. So don't miss this. It wasn't just praise that went into the battle. There was this partnership. It wasn't just Judah that went into battle. It wasn't just praise. There was a partnership. Judah went to the Simeonites, and he said, Hey, look, if you'll help me fight my devil, I'll help you fight your devil. If you'll help me fight... My devil, I'll help you fight yours, and you need to know this morning, you need to know this morning that the devil wants to isolate you. He does. He wants you to feel like there is no one there to help you. He wants you to feel like you're all alone. they just saying about that fear is a liar. It's amazing to me when I bump into some people who had not been at church in a long time, you know, I'll see them at Walmart, I'll see them at Kroger, and sometimes when they see me, you know, we'll make eye contact, but then they, they try to check, you know, they don't, want, they, they don't want to see me, you know what I mean? And so I always run them down. Hey! Hey! I run them down, and sometimes I'll catch them, you know what I mean? And I'm like, man, we've been missing you at the church. And the response that they give usually wants, usually just makes me want to slap them in the face in Jesus' name, right? <laughs> but i say, we've been missing you at church. And they respond, well, man, we've just been going through such a difficult time. Well, duh, the devil has isolated you. You are doing it all alone, right? That's what's happening. Man, I want to report to you that when it looks like life is difficult for me, I need all of God that I can get. When it looks like life is hard for me, I want all the family of God, all the church of God, all the army of God, don't do life alone. Don't do it. That's what church is supposed to be about, a partnership. It's about helping one another. And so watch what happens when Judah and Simeon link up, man. It's amazing. Verse 4 says, When Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hands, and they struck down 10,000 men of Bezek. Now, how many men did they strike down? Man, they were stronger together, right? They were stronger together. Praise combined with the people of God. Man, they were handling business. They were handling business. And so watch what happens. They crazy. Verse 5. you got to see this. The Bible says, it was there that they found Adonai. Everybody say Adonai. They found Adonai Bezek. Everybody say Bezek. Bezek. It was there that they found Adonai Bezek and fought against him, putting to rout the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Adonai Bezek fled, but they chased him and called him and cut off his Thumbs and his big toes. What'd they do? Man, they cut off his thumbs and big toes. What kind of backwoods rednecks are we dealing with here? Look at verse 7. Then Adonai Bezek said, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have uh, picked up scraps under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They brought him to Jerusalem and he died there man, please don't miss this, don't miss this, Adonai Bezek had cut off the thumbs and toes of 70 kings, and you know what this whole passage teaches me, it teaches me that you reap what you sow, you reap what you sow, Adonai Bezek says, man, I had this coming to me, I had cut off 70 kings' thumbs and their big toes. I had cut off their toes and thumbs, and I had this coming to me. I'm getting what I deserve. Well, what I want you to see and what I want you to know about Adonai Bezek is that Adonai Bezek, he is a picture of the devil. And what I love is that one day, the devil is going to be defeated for good. Man, one day... He's going to get what he's got coming to him, just like Adonai Bezek. See, that word Adonai means Lord, but not like Lord of Lords. It just means a ruler, okay? So it means ruler. That word Bezek, it means lightning. So Adonai Bezek was the Lord of lightning. And what this means is, is that he had the ability to strike fast. He had the ability to strike fast. And you know what he did? Seventy kings, what he did was he struck them fast. He struck them fast. He struck them fast and he defeated those kings. Well, I want you to know that the enemy, the devil, still today, he likes to strike fast. He likes to strike fast. He strikes fast to take us out. And so for the rest of the time that we got together, I want to point out four things to you that the devil wants to do. If you keep a notes, you want to write them down. The first thing that the destroyer, the devil, wants to do. Is he wants to dethrone you. He wants to dethrone you. He wants to overthrow you. See, before Adonai Bezek took over 70 other kingdoms, he had to overthrow 70 kings. And that, that is what Satan wants to do. He, he wants to dethrone you. He wants you to forget who you are in Jesus Christ. He wants you running around Thinking you are less than. Thinking that you are a nobody. Why? Because Satan knows the word. In Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, For as he, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. See, the devil wants you to pull yourself down so low that you think you're of no love. You think you're of no value. You think you're not worthy. You're you're not even worthy. He wants you to remember every name that everybody has ever called you. He wants you to remember every time you've tried something and failed at it. He wants you to remember that. Why? Because he is the accuser. He likes to say you're no good. He likes to say that you're no good. He likes to rob us of our identity and tell us that we are a failure. But, but do you know who you are in God? I, I'm, I'm serious. Do you know what God says about you? Do you know what he says about me? If, if, if you know what God says about you, man, it ought to just make you excited. In John chapter 1 verse 12, the Bible says, but, but, but to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. God, Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 through 6 say this, When the time came to completion, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. I want you to know today that if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that, that means that you are a child of the Most High God. That means that there is royal blood running through your veins. That, that means that you are a chosen generation. You are a child of the King. Man, that gets me excited. But the enemy wants to dethrone you. He doesn't want you to remember those things. Not only does he want to dethrone you, but he wants to disarm you. He wants to disarm you. Think, think about this. You know, if you cut off a man's thumbs, if you cut off a man's thumbs, he's going to have a hard time using a bow, isn't he? If you cut off a man's thumbs, he's going to have a hard time using a spear. If you cut off a man's thumbs, he's going to have a hard time using a sword. If you cut off a man's thumbs, he's going to have a hard time arming himself. Well, it's interesting in the Bible, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, that the Bible says, put on the full armor of God. How much? The full. Not not part of it, not a lot of it, but put on the full armor of God. Why? So that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. Well, well verses 12 through 17 of Ephesians chapter 6 go on to kind of Describe the full armor of God. And it talks about how we're supposed to put on the belt of truth. You see, during this time, Roman soldiers, what they would do is they would wear belts. And the reason why was because if they ever needed to advance quickly, they could tuck their robes, they could tuck their robes in those belts so that they could run and not stumble. Well, did you know that God doesn't want you to stumble? He doesn't. God wants you to walk in the truth, God wants you to live a life. Of integrity, do you know that if you always tell the truth, if you always tell the truth, you don't have to remember the lie that you told somebody else. You just have to again tell the truth. You say, "Well, Robert, it's just a it's just a little white lie." No, a little white lie is still a whole lie, right? Right. So, so God again, He wants us to to put on the belt of truth, and, and then He says, "Put on the breastplate of righteousness." Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty one says, "He made the one who." Did not know sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. See, the devil will look at you and he will say, you're not righteous. The devil will look at you and he'll say, you're not good enough. The devil will look at you and say, you're not worthy. He'll look at you and he'll say, he'll say you're not perfect. And I don't want to mis- mislead you. <laughs> We're not perfect, right? We're not righteous. But but anytime the devil tries to look at you and look at me and say that you, you know what we get to say we can say hey enemy I'm not righteous but I can claim the righteousness of Christ Christ died just not just to cover up my sins but to take away my sins and so we claim the righteousness of God, Then it goes on to talk about the, the, the shoes of peace, how we have this ministry of reconciliation. We take the fact that you can be reconciled to God. You can make peace with God. We take that to other individuals. And then we also, what we do is we carry the shield of faith, the shield of faith. And we have the helmet of salvation, the helmet of salvation. And then we get the sword of the spirit. What's the sword of the spirit? It is the precious word of God. See, the Bible says in Judges chapter 1 that Adonai Bezek, he cut off the thumbs of 70 kings. Why? So that they couldn't use the sword. So that they couldn't use the sword. And we talked about this during the first week of this series, but but that's what the devil wants to do to you. He doesn't want you using the sword of the spirit. He doesn't want you using... The Word of God. Have you ever wondered why it's so hard to read the Bible? Have you ever wondered why it's so hard to read the Bible? Anybody, just be honest. It's kind of hard to read the Bible. Have you ever wondered you ever wonder why? I, I mean, I see, I see things like this. Y'all might have seen these books right here. Y'all, anybody ever read those? Twilight, a couple people. I got them at my house. They're not mine. They're my wife's. And so that, that's, a whole lot of, that's a whole lot of books. That's a whole lot of books. And then what about, what about this next? Anybody, you ever, anybody read, read these right here? check this out. Boom. This is that this is that series right here. Man, I I never seen, I ain't never watched read any of this, but I watched like the first two or three movies. This is a lot of books. That was a lot of dust. You saw that? <laughs> a lot of dust. <laughs> anyway, that's a lot of books. This is a lot of pages. Right? That's a lot of information, and there's some people who have read these books and them Twilight books and other series of books. They've read all that multiple times, right? But then you got this. That coming, that's my that's my Bible, right? You got this right here. Look, God help us, because there's people who have been Christians for years and years and years. And they've read all this and hardly any of this. Hardly any of the Word of God. Man, it's true that the Bible will keep you from sin. It will. But it's also true that sin will keep you from the Bible. It will. I'm telling you, the devil wants to dethrone you. He wants to disarm you. And the next thing that I want you to see that the destroyer wants to do is he wants to disable you. He wants to disable you. He wants to bring you down. See, Adonai Bezek didn't just cut off 70 kings' thumbs. He cut off their toes. He cut off their toes. Now, uh, what, do you know what the most important part of Of a boxer's body is, do you know? Not like a dog boxer, but like a a boxer. Anybody know? I would have thought it was their fist, but it's not their fist. It's it's their toes. It's their toes. That's where they get their agility. That's the foundation for their footwork. And see, the devil wants to get you away from your foundation. He wants to get you away from your foundation. That's why he says, hey, don't read the Bible. That's why he says, hey, hey, don't, don't come to church. He wants to get you away from the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. You know when you and I get into trouble, it's when we get away from our foundation. It's when we get away from Jesus Christ. It's when we no longer look at Christ, when we no longer focus on Christ. I want you to know the devil, again, he wants to dethrone you. He wants to disarm you. He wants to disable you. And one more thing, if you keep a note, you want to write it down, is he wants to debase you. He wants to debase you. What in the world does that mean? It means to degrade you. Again, he wants to bring you down to a low point. See, after Adonai Bezek would cut off the thumbs and the toes of 70 kings, you know what he would do with them? He'd he'd chain them underneath his dinner table, his banquet table. And so what would happen is, he'd get all this food brought out to him and his guests, and all those kings starved to death. Starved to death with no thumbs and no toes started if they'd smell all that food. And they'd long for something to eat. And you know what Adonai Bezek would do? He'd throw them a little crumbs. He'd throw them a few crumbs. After he got them exactly where he wanted them, he'd throw them a little crumbs. And that's what the devil wants to do with you. He'll get you right where he wants you, and then he'll throw you a little crumbs. Oh, this... This will keep them coming. This is a little drugs, just a little alcohol, little, little sex outside of marriage. He just throws you some crumbs to keep you coming the way that he wants you to come. He'll ruin everything in your life and toss you some crumbs. He'll split up homes and, and toss you some crumbs. He'll split up little children and just destroy their hearts and minds and throw them crumbs. And he'll laugh. He'll laugh about it because he'll think, I've got you right where I want you. Folks, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that in the story, Judges chapter 1, that there was one from the tribe of Judah. There was one whose name was Judah who had tolerated enough. I'm so glad that he said, you know what, this has gone on for, for way too long. And I'm so glad that Judah went to Adonai Bezek and he cut off his thumbs and his toes and he actually Killed him. Man, that makes me glad. But it makes me even gladder, if that's a word. I'm from Pearl. I think it's a word. Gladder. Happier. Makes me even happier. Makes me even happier that 1,500 years later, there was someone else from the tribe of Judah who came to this earth and he hung on a cross for six hours and hell had a party. They thought they had won and they buried Jesus. Man, they took him off across. He didn't own anything. He didn't even have his own tomb. So they put him in a borrowed tomb. But that was okay. He didn't need it very long anyway. They put him in a borrowed tomb. And after three days, man, the ground shook. Man, after three days, the stone rolled away. And after three days, Jesus Christ walked up out of that grave victorious. And he pointed back. And he said, "Oh, death, where is thy victory? Oh, grave, where is thy sting? And then Jesus went to the heart of the earth. Man, I like to think that he went down there, he knocked on the gates. He said, hey, I'm here to see Satan. And Satan comes to the door, and he's like, oh, you know when you see somebody you wouldn't expect it. And Satan just went, and then Jesus just went, bam, slapped him in the face. It's so hard, Satan fell down. And then when he got on the ground, Jesus started taking his feet to him, you know what I'm saying? Because he's like, you want one of my feet now. And he said, hey, you know what, Satan, I'm the one who was dead but is now alive forevermore, folks. And that's why Jesus is worthy to be praised. And that's why we come to church excited about who Christ is and what Christ has done, man. We bring our praise Together with God's people. See, folks, I'm wrapping up. Almost done. But nothing, nothing in Scripture is there just to be there. It's not. How many kings did Adonai Bezek, how many kings did he overthrow? How many kings, thumbs and toes did he cut off? Seventy. Seventy. Well, check this out. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. The Bible says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. Sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So, how many did Jesus send out? 70. Okay. Then you keep on reading Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, Even the demons are subject to us in your name. So Adonai Bezek defeated 70 kings. Jesus sends out 70 disciples. And when they get back, they say, Jesus, we didn't even realize this. But man, the devil and demons, they are subject to us. We're not under the devil's table. He's under ours. He's subject to us. Look, there's somebody here who needs to hear this today and really needs to understand this. Do you think that you can't make it through what you're going through? But no, 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 no. The devil and demons are subject to us in Jesus' name. You say, man, I got this addiction that I just can't seem to beat. No, man, the devil and demons are subject to us. In Jesus' name, I'm telling you, greater is He that's in us than he that's in the world. We're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who gave His Son for us. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And if God is for us, who in the world can be against us? Man, we've got to remember the Word of God. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says this, But thanks be to God who gives us victory. Through our Lord, Jesus Christ. We've got to give God praise. We need to praise God together. Because here's what I know. For many years, Satan has tried to stop us. For many years, Satan has tried to stop the church. But like a mighty army, we keep marching forward, winning battle After battle. Why? Because God is on our side. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of the Lord. And even though Satan, again, he he rages war against you, there is power in the name of God. We give God the praise he deserves because we've got the victory. You've got the victory this morning over whatever it is that's trying to bring you down. You don't have to live your life beat up and banged up. You have victory. There's no power in my name. There's no power in who I am as an individual. But there is power in the name of Jesus and power in in the precious Word of God. Don't let the destroyer dethrone you. Don't let the destroyer disarm you. Don't let the destroyer disable you. Don't let him debase you because he wants more than your toes and your thumbs. Again, he wants to destroy you. John 10, 10, what did Jesus say? He says the thief comes only to steal and to kill and what? Destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus gives life. We need to know our enemy, but we need to know our Savior. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk. We're all in different spots, different places. But I wonder today, if there's somebody here, and the enemy really has a hold of you. He's got you convinced that God would never love you, that God doesn't love you. And I'm here to tell you today that that's a lie. Jesus died on the cross for you. He saves from the uttermost to the guttermost. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. Jesus loves you and he wants to forgive you today. So if you're here today and you know you need to be saved, I'm going to ask that you just pray this prayer. This prayer. Father, forgive me for all of my sins. I confess you as Lord today. Father, I confess you as my Savior. Make me into a new person, a new creation, as your word says. Let all the old things pass away and let the new come. Empower me, fill me with your Holy Spirit, so that I can be victorious in your name. Again, we're continuing to pray, but listen, if you prayed to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior today, you prayed to be saved, I'm going to ask that you do me a favor. the enemy's going to try to tell you not to because he's going to say, man, people are looking at you. It's not real. But listen, if you prayed to receive Christ today, will you do me a favor? Will you just lift your hand so that I can know? Amen, 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 amen. Four, five, six, amen. God is moving. We ought to give God praise, praise. Father, we thank you so much that there is victory in your name. And I pray for these who have given their life to you, God. I pray that you would do something amazing in their life. Amaze them. That how powerful your name really is. Father, help each and every one of us to live the kind of life that you've called us to live. To be the kind of people that you've called us to be. Help us, Father, to be ready for this battle that's going on all around us. Help us to be victorious over the enemy. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.